God gives generously without thinking of reasons not to. Aren't you glad? <laughs> he gives. This is just who his nature is. Uh, James also says every good and perfect gift comes down. <laughs> comes down. It comes down. It comes down from the Father above in whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning. He just is who he is. It's his character, it's his nature, it's who he is. And if, if you don't believe that, just, just start to think of a lot of verses that you know. God so loved the world. Who did he love? The world. Did he love the Jews? No, the world. Did he love the Gentiles? No, the world. Did he love the, the, the very pious, devout people? No, he loved the world. He loved Zacchaeus, the adulterous people, the Samaritans, the, you know, he loved the world. And if there was any reason... <laughs> If God wanted to talk himself out of, 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 of giving completeness to the world, uh, he had plenty of reasons for while we were yet sinners, he gave. While we were enemies of God, he gave everything. And he literally did give everything because when he gave himself, the Bible reveals to us that in that, that all the promises of God became yes and amen to us. That God gave uh, all things that pertain to life. And godliness, 2 Peter 1.3. Ephesians 1.3 says that he has blessed us in Christ Jesus. Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Gave everything. Romans says that how will God find fault? How shall he who has freely, uh, 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 freely gave his son, not with him, freely give us everything? You can see that when you see it's his character and his nature. When we... When we look at ourselves, people might say, I don't know why God would bless me. I don't know why, I don't know why Jesus would die for someone like me, but I'm glad he did. And, and while that's, that's a pretty sounding uh, thought, the reason we feel like, like God, it's not right that he would do that is because we're looking at us and we can see reasons for him not to do that. I used to, I used to believe for many years early in my Christianity that God was looking for reasons to not bless me or answer my prayers. Because I would pray for something, I'd ask God for something I needed. And then these thoughts would come up all the time. It'd always be something about me, some reason for God not to bless me. Something I did this morning that was horrible, or yesterday. Some habit I still was struggling with and hadn't gotten over. Something, some, some way about me that I felt like, well, maybe if I get that right, then God would have more reason to answer my prayers and bless me. See, I didn't know how God was. I was kind of like the prodigal son. I didn't know, didn't know his heart or his character. I thought he was a different way. And when we look at ourselves, we, we can find reasons for God not to be good to us. We can find reasons for God not to love us. We can find reasons for God not to bless us or to answer our prayers because we're, 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 we're not perfect by human standards. We have flaws. We make mistakes. We, 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 we carry, we do sins according to the biblical Old Testament law. We, we have all these reasons. But if we, don't, if we take our eyes off of that and look at truth, look at him, look at the beauty of him, look at how big he is. Instead of measuring us, measure him. Instead of looking at, 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 at the reasons why he would not, which would be you, if you look at him, if you look, if you can see how good he is, how generous he is, how, how it's his pure character of love and giving. If he didn't do that, he would cease to be God. 
and you look at his heart, you would say, of course he would die for us. Look at how, who he is. Of course, only somebody like that would do that. And somebody like that wouldn't, could not resist doing that for us because that's how much love he is. Of course he would give us everything freely without demands. And 1 Corinthians 13 says love does not demand its own. It doesn't make sense to us. But if you look, because when you look at how we are, but if you look at him, you say, look how generous, look how loving he is. Look how unconditionally loving he is. Of course he would even bless someone like me. Look, when we look at the character of God, it'll, it just it, it, it blows our natural. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind. That's what First Corinthians says, says. The natural man does not receive the things of God. They're foolishness to him. They don't make sense. And we're going to look at a dimension of this that is totally the opposite of what makes sense to us. But that's why it's so wonderful and why it's such a deliverance and why it's so good, because his ways are not the ways of man. Thank thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Because if his ways were the ways of man, if he, if he, was, the, if he was like, a, like the, the, the way that a lot of us put on him, we've just got a bunch of misery ahead of us. <laughs> and the reason we put a lot of stuff on him is because we don't know how much different he is than fallen man. We, we put so many ways of man upon him. Well, God would do this, you know. If, here's what I would do, so God would do that. How does that prove anything? Because you would do that or because you would think that way, you think God would think that way? How does that prove how God is? The word and the spirit reveal him, don't they? God continues to give. This is why, you know, the word that we used last week was philanthropy. Philanthropy means lover of humans. Philos, lover, anthropos, mankind or humans. Philanthropy means loving humans. This is who he is. God so loved humans. That he philanthropy gave. Now, the difference between charity and philanthropy, we said, and this is our review. We're going to get on with this now. But the difference is that charity would give somebody a fish while philanthropy deals with the, with the real issue, which would set them up with a fishing boat. And if we have time, we'll see some, we'll, we'll mention some, some, some instances in the Bible where people were asking for the fish. But Jesus offered him something better. So I want us to look at uh, a familiar story in um, Mark chapter 14. This is a woman that had an alabaster box, or flask, bottle, if you will, flask. And it says in verse 3 that, And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, he sat at the table. A woman came and had an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Simon was obviously a healed leper. He was called Simon the leper. He had leprosy all his time, and then Jesus had healed him. And later on, Simon invites him to his house, and Jesus honored him by coming to his house. She broke that flask, and she poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves, and they said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? It could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor, and they criticized her sharply. Now, 300 denarii, my, my notations tell me, is equal to, to uh, the average yearly salary of the day. So whatever you think that is, that's how much it was worth. <laughs> and, and so now, now get this picture here. 
they're sitting around this table on the floor, and there's, there's this room full of people, and they're eating. And this woman comes in with this thing, and she's, she, she goes and does this thing to Jesus, for Jesus. But there's talk going on in the room. Now picture this. You're the one person in that room, and you've come to pour the oil on the head of Jesus. While you're doing that, you're hearing us talk. The rest of us are around the room. And, and, and let me show you how justified this could be. We're, we're watching this, and I see, her, I see you pouring that stuff out, and I'm like, that's that good stuff. Do you know what that's worth? That's, that's worth a year of my salary right there. I would work all one year to get that. Do you know how many poor people that could feed? Do you know how many clothes that would buy? I can't believe her. Can you? I, I can't believe she's so selfish that she would take that and just pour it out like that when there's people out there that are starving. People are talking like and, and others, you know how they did. They're, they want to be smart, too. Like, I know. Right now, all this talk is going on and they're talking back and forth. She's hearing this. And I don't know what her response. Was. I don't know if she just said, oh, I don't care what they think. But most people wouldn't have done most most and some people might, but most people would have it would have it would have hurt them and be like and, and maybe she's doubting herself. They oh, maybe they're right. Maybe I should have done that. Or or even if not that, she's at least think she's what we do know is that she's the one person and everybody else is disagreeing with what she's doing and they're dishonoring her. She's the one person in the room that everybody's talking bad about. They criticized her sharply, it says they criticized her. Isn't it fun to be the only one, only one in the group that every, the whole rest of the group is criticizing? <laughs> huh? Even if you still believe you're right, you're outnumbered. <laughs> and so the whole house is dishonoring her. And then <clears throat> Jesus, of course, begins to defend her, doesn't he? <clears throat> and in verse, I'll skip on down to verse eight. And he says, he says, hey, this woman's done what she can, what she, what she can do. And she came before to anoint my body for burial. Verse nine, certainly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. And obviously what Jesus said was right because it's happening this morning. And I'm sure it's happening other places around the world. People are talking about what this woman did. Now, when we read the story, we look at that and we, we see it, you know, and, you know, from our position. And we just think she's a wonderful woman. We're like, man, I would have liked to have been in her shoes. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like to be that one that Jesus honors that way? And, and she gets she still gets preached about. She still her story still gets told because Jesus said that it would be. And what he did was he he took the one that was dishonored. And he didn't even make her an equal. He didn't even just say, oh, she's as good as you. He gave her the more abundant honor and said, this woman's going to be talked about all over the world, wherever this gospel is told. 2,000 years later in Cunningham, Texas, they're still going to be talking about her. <laughs> huh? And the whole room had dishonored her, but Jesus did what he always does. He honored her. Now, that, that, that looks good. You'll all agree that you like, like that, but it goes deeper than that. Go with me to Luke chapter 7. And here's another account of a, a similar story. What we want to know, what we want to look at is when we, when we look at this, is that God gives honor differently than we do. Men give honor to whom they think is doing something good. 
God gives honor to, to, to who it looks like is doing something wrong. And I'll show you he's very consistent in this. As you do, uh, we look at, at Luke chapter 7, and this is another example. And this is, this is uh, really a very similar story, but I believe it's another instance. It's, it's, in a, it's earlier on in Jesus' life. It's in another part of the country, and it's in another person's house. But in verse 36, it says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house, and he sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. She was, she's a known sinner. So she, they don't even have to wait for her to do something to criticize her. We, they already got her pegged. She's a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. And, and not only instead of his head, she stood at his feet behind him crying. And she began to wash his feet. With her tears, she wiped them with the hair of her head. She kissed his feet. And then she anointed his feet with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisees, when the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he spoke to himself and he said, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what kind of woman this is who's touching him because this woman is a sinner. Now, <clears throat> this guy has already judged this woman. Everybody, we, 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 we all agree, everybody knows that she's a sinner. She was a known sinner. She, as soon as they saw her, they walked in, oh, it's her. We know what she does. <laughs> And and so they've already got their idea about her. She she loses from from square from from square one. So she goes in there and she's doing this with Jesus and she's washing it. She's touching him. She's kissing him. She's doing all this stuff. And what this man is doing, not only has he judged her, but he's also now judging Jesus. And, and honestly, I know that he didn't bring Jesus in there to honor him. I'll show I'll prove it to you. He didn't bring Jesus in there to honor him. He brought him in there to catch him. So when he watches this happen, he's like, ah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew he wasn't a prophet. If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this was, and he would never let her touch him like that. He's already got them both, both judged. Here's one thing about humans that God loves, <laughs> is that whatever humans think, to them, it's right. And humans have this, this idea of judging. We have this idea of, 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 of good and evil, right and wrong, and we put people in these categories, and, and we, we set them in places of our, our judgment, and we have our deductions of who they are based upon what they do. And God has a totally different system of dealing with people. He just gives and loves. But what if they're not honorable? For him to stop to not, to not be good to them, he would not be God. You, have you ever heard the verse where it says that God is faithful? And even if we're not faithful, God abides faithful. He cannot deny himself, it says. He abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. In other words, just because you're not faithful doesn't change how he is because he can't stop being God. <laughs> he, doesn't, he, can't, he doesn't change his nature. No wonder we, we see so much grace and mercy and love and kindness and, and, it, and it breaks the courts of our mental justice system. It drove everybody crazy when he walked and it still drives the, the, the world and church people nuts today about his system of justice. It's just, he can't stop giving. And we say, well, God's a just God. He's got to do this. We put our judgments in his brain. Or we think we do, we don't, but we, 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 we put our ways upon him and say, oh, God, God's going to do this and God's going to do that. And it's like, this guy's already, he's judging according to that. 
I know she's a sinner and I know my judgment right. God would agree with me. Look at her. Look what she does. And I know he's not a real prophet because anybody would know to keep himself clean from someone like that, not to be defiled by letting that woman even close to him, let alone touch him. And Jesus says, Simon, let me let me let me let me ask you something here. He says, I got something to say to you. And he says, say it, teacher. Go ahead. (laughs) He said there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500, one owed 50. He forgave them both. He said, which one's going to love him more? And so he goes, Okay, I'll bite. Um, I guess the one who owed him more. Jesus said, good answer. You answered the right. You, you, you answered it correctly. So then he turned to the one. He says, you rightly you've rightly judged is how he said it. You have rightly judged since you like to judge. <laughs> you've judged correctly. And he says, then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, you see this woman? He said, he said, you didn't, when I came into your house, now watch this. When I came into your house, you didn't wash my feet. You didn't anoint me with oil. You didn't greet me with a kiss. Now, these were common courtesies. This is what you did. And you, in those days in that culture, if you invited someone to their house, you honored them as a guest. And these, these were, the, the, were the, 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 the symbols and the, the uh, sort of the, the ritual of honor that when you brought them into your house, you washed their feet, anointed them with oil, and you might greet them with a holy kiss. This Pharisee, Ask Jesus to come into his house. Now watch this. And when Jesus comes in, the Pharisee would not bend himself down to honor this man because this Pharisee does not believe he's worthy of honor. He thinks he's a false prophet. He brought him there to catch him. He didn't bring him there to honor him. Jesus knew it. Jesus walked right by. The guy didn't greet him as a guest at all. Probably didn't tell him to have a seat. Jesus probably had to find his own place to sit. Probably didn't give him something, offer him something to drink. You know, he just like, I'm not going to treat him good. What would God think of me if I treated this false prophet with honor? So what the man didn't do, God provided with the woman. So she washed his feet. She anointed him. She gave him the holy kiss. And he says, you didn't even give me the common courtesy as a guest. This woman did. And, And he says, he says, you gave me no kiss. You didn't wash my feet. You didn't anoint me. He said, with oil. He says, therefore, I say to you, her sins that are many, 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 many. You know, they are right. Right. Mr. Pharisee who invited me to your house. Her sins that are many. They're all forgiven. Zero. She loves much. But to whom little is forgiven, then one's going to love little. And he said to her. Now, we know how that works. Everybody needs forgiven a whole bunch. But a lot of people don't think they do. So they don't have that same love for God. He says, he turns to the woman and he says, your sins are forgiven. Zeroed out. Boom. And those who sat at the table said, who can forgive sins? And then he doubles down. He looks at her and he says, your faith has, made, has saved you. Go in peace. Boom. And so now she's got a new judgment. This woman who has done many sins is zeroed out clean. Now think about that. What he has done, there again, he took the one that was deserving of the least honor in the house. Anybody by their logical thinking, any of them, maybe even me, maybe even you, would sat in that house and said, oh yeah, she's. (laughs) But he took that which was the least honorable and he gave her more honor because now she's got zero sins. Now, Mr. Pharisee, you probably got some you're still struggling with, but you'll you'll have to deal with that at the next sacrifice. She's got zero. (laughs) 
what's he doing here? This is how, who he is. See, God does not give honor the way that we do. And I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 12. And we'll, this is where we'll spend our time to finish here. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul explains really what Jesus is doing, the heart of God. And the, the good part of this is, is that he, he shows it as, see, because when we're looking at God, this is good enough. This would be one thing. We're looking at this is how good God is. We can rejoice around that. That would be enough of a message. And you'd just be like, wow, that's how God is. My heart's open. I can receive anything from God. I can trust God. God is with me. God cares me. God cares for me. He's with me. He's before me. He's behind me. He's, he's, he's beside me. He's in me. He's, he cares. He's, he, he cares. He's with you. He's for you. Don't you love that song? What we're seeing here, who does God give honor to? So far, we're seeing that he didn't honor the ones that thought they were good. He didn't honor the ones that had the, had the judgment about them. He didn't honor the ones that actually were living better or thought they were living better. He gave honor in every situation to the one that, that deserved the least honor. And this is, I'm going to you, show you something here. But he does this as a pattern. We see it over and over. Prodigal son, two boys. One does everything daddy says. The other dishonors daddy, takes the money, spends it on wine, women, and song, spends it all up, gets, just, go, just, just goes bankrupt with the whole thing, sleeps with unholy, unclean swine, comes home, and, and the father goes, whoosh, <laughs> we're honoring him, put a robe on him, put a ring on him, kill the fatted calf, we're going to throw a party in his name, he is our man of honor today. He honored him so much that it made the good boy, the good son, jealous. What, what, what's Jesus saying? This is how God is. Get used to it. Wow. He does it over and over. Samaritan woman at the well, right? How, what did all Jews do? They, go, they, they would take the long way. If it took them twice, it's, like, it's kind of like me in Atlanta, Georgia. I'll go through the mountains before I'll go through that city. You know? <laughs> it's, it's longer, but it's quicker. <laughs> And it's like, it's, it, and, and, and they would on purpose, they would not go through, they would go around, the long way around. And Jesus on purpose went through. And if you read it, in fact, there were some people that were, that, that were there and they wouldn't, they wouldn't go with him because he was determined to go through Samaria. <laughs> not us, Jesus. We ain't going to defile ourselves with Samaritan dirt on our feet. And he goes, and not only, we know the story, he not, not only does he go through those that the Jews were better than, we're better than them. They believe wrong, for one thing. They're half-breeds. They're not true Jews. Their doctrine is wrong. They're rebellious. They won't, they won't accept the truth that we give them. Not only that, they're, Samar they're unclean. And the, and the Samaritans, they've got a woman there who they, even they think is horrible. And she's dishonored. She's the one. She's been married so, time, they're all, so many times, and they're all talking about her. And, she, and she, she gets tired of it. She won't even go in public anymore. She waits while they're having their siesta. Then she'll go to the well. <laughs> and Jesus honors her. Takes the least honorable. And he does it over and over. My favorite character, I think he's become my favorite character lately in the Bible, is that little short guy named Zacchaeus. And my favorite guy in the Bible is a, is, is a, is a corrupt, he became wealthy by, by being corrupt, by corruption and stealing. Stealing from people much poorer than him. 
And I love that picture of all this multitude all around. And who is Jesus going to honor? Zacchaeus. They're like, the thief, the traitor, the man of corruption, selfish Zacchaeus. I want to come to your house. Little Zacchaeus of all the multitude, Zacchaeus, come on, Jesus, come to my house. Of course, we know the story of what happened. Jesus lifted him up, gave him honor, just like with all these other situations. It changed their heart. They started acting like somebody with honor instead of full of covered in dirt. Now, look what he says here. Let's finish it up here. Who does he give honor to? So in verse 13, he says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether it was Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we all were made to drink in one spirit. It's the spirit that makes everybody the same. No, notice, and see, we got some racial stuff going on in our world around here, if you haven't heard. <laughs> and he says, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's all the same there in Christ. And he says, Verse 14, for in fact, the body's not one member, but many. And the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, nor again the head to the feet, I don't need you. No, verse 22, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body that we think to be less honorable, see that? On these we bestow greater honor. I had never seen that before. How did I miss that? On the ones that seem that we think are less honorable, we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have, uh, or our uncomely parts have greater comeliness. That comeliness word means, you look it up, it means decorous, nobility, covering. It, it, I get the picture of decor, like the robe on the prodigal son's back. It's like putting medals on somebody, you know, it's just like, wow. We give them greater honor. Showing favorite. Here's how it works. Here's a good picture. If somebody comes walking in and they're limping, I'd say, why are you favoring that, that right leg there? That's what we call it, right? If, if I come in limping and this leg's sore here, I'll walk, I'll walk different and I'll be, and it's called favoring the weaker one. And the rest of the body's taking all the weight upon itself because it's favoring the one that's not pulling its weight, <laughs> one that can't pull its weight. And that's kind of what he's saying here, says the one that's weaker, he says the one that's less honorable, the one that we think is less honorable, he says, we give the greater honor. And I gave you all those examples. We see this is the, this is the heart, the character, the pattern. God does this. And if you don't think it's fair, rejoice because it's not. And you don't want fair. Trust me. <laughs> now, because of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we have this human sense of fairness. Human sense of justice that we think is God's way, but his ways are not man's ways. That human sense of justice that we got from the knowledge of good and evil, eye for an eye, balance the scales and all this stuff, he doesn't do that. He just goes, I'll show you. We have Martha's cooking in the kitchen. Come on, Jesus, I want to honor you. I want to make you the best meal you've ever had. He goes over there. She's working, having a good old time. After a while, she gets her, her scales of justice working, and she says, this isn't fair. Mary needs to be in here helping. I'm doing all the work. She's not doing her share. Why do I have to pay more? Why do I have to give more? Why do I have to work harder? It's not right. It's not fair. If it's me or you, 
Now, we know the story, so we know how it's going to come out. But if we don't know how the story's going to come out, I, I think, you know, Martha, you got a good point there. If it was me and my human, my human sense of justice, I'd say, come on, Mary, pull your, you know, at least, you know, help your sister here. So she goes to Jesus. Now, she don't even go to Mary because she thinks Mary just don't want to do it. Mary gets to have a good time. She's in there laughing and talking with Jesus, and they're in there just having a good old time, and Mary's trying to listen to what conversation, but she's got to work too hard here. And she doesn't even go to Mary. She, goes, she says, Jesus, what's she doing? Because she knows Jesus, Jesus will have the right sense of justice. Jesus will do the right thing. Jesus will do the fair thing. He know, he'll know what's fair. My selfish sister might not agree, but Jesus will agree with me because fair is fair. Jesus, tell my sister to help me, and he don't even do that. He said, no. Nah. <laughs> he said, Mary, you're troubled by many things. This isn't it. He says, what she's doing, the important thing, this is what you need to know here. She's being fulfilled by something else. And, you, and, and if I just made her, her help you, that's like giving you a fish. That's not going to fix your issue. You'll be mad about something else later on. Because you have this sense of fairness. Jesus was taught, teaching about the Holy Spirit and a young man stands up and says, Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. If I'm in the crowd, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Big brother, what are you doing? Give him some of the money. That sounds fair to me. Sounds fair to you. Jesus says, no, nah, I didn't come to do that. I'm not about that. I didn't come to be that judge of, of what you think is fair, of what seems fair. He says, I'm going, I'm going for I'm giving you something else. I could tell him to divide it and you'd get some money, but it's like giving you a fish. That doesn't fix anything. He says, you're missing the whole point here. And that's when he tells the story of a rich man. He was so wealthy and he built his barns. And he says, now I've got it all, all done. And then, boom, he dies and loses it all the next day. He says, that whole thing that you're wanting, he says, that's such, such, such shaky ground here. Life does not consist of that. I came to give life. I didn't come just to give you a fish all the time. I came to set you up with a fishing boat so that you'll always, always have life flowing. Are y'all hearing this? <coughs> so it doesn't seem fair. God is more than fair. This is why he paid, he paid people that worked one hour a full day's pay. What did man say? What would I say? What would you say if we'd been there at six o'clock in the morning and worked all day and, we, and, and they, get, they, get, they get paid for doing almost nothing? We, I would think it's not fair. My mind says it's not fair. The natural mind can't receive the things of God. It's foolishness. Why are you paying them so much? And Jesus says, why do you think? Why is your eye evil toward me? Why do you, why do you look at me as if I'm doing something bad when I'm doing something good? If I choose to give to them more than they've worked for, more than they've deserved, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> he took those that deserve the least huh, and gave them more honor. Wow. <laughs> Trust me, this is the kind of heart that you want dealing with you. You don't want human fairness. Almost done. Those that we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. We saw how God has done that in all these examples, and we have that same nature. This is the good part of this. This is what we carry. Same spirit, same nature, same heart, same spirit put inside us. Christ in you. This takes us out of fighting for, for one side or the other, us and them, and it takes us into we get to be Christ in this world. 
Let's remember something. Why are we so relevant? Because we have something that goes that's bigger than human sense of anything. Well, we're fighting for right and wrong. There's 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 so much there's so much loud noise going on in America today. And it's because we have access to more of the noise is what it is. There's always been noise. But nations have been fighting for thousands of years. Why? Because this one says I'm right and that one says I'm right. And they never were convinced by the other. So what would they do? They stood for what was right. Well, we stood for what was right. What's going on right now? What's, well, here's what's right. If they would just do that. And they're saying, no, here's what's right. We're right if you guys would just do that. And so, so we'll go to friends that are over on this side, and they'll just say, they just got it all wrong, you know, because what we think is right. And then we go to our friends over here, and they're like, ah, look how, how, how crazy it is what they're doing. And, 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 and you can't convince anybody because what a human thinks to them, it is right. <laughs> and then some say, I know, but we really are, the, are on the right side. Of things, And maybe you are, maybe you're not. But the, my point I want to make is there's another issue. Because even today, when there's when people are flying under this banner or that banner, maybe it's the black or the white. Maybe it's the, the elephant or the donkey. His banner over us is love. His banner over us, his issue is, is the kingdom of God. His issue is not that that. Politics change over generations. It's left, you know, honestly, a lot of the things that, that the Republicans stand for now, the Democrats used to stand for, and the, and the Democrats, I mean, that, I can take you historically and show you right when all that changed or began to change. That shift and go. There wasn't even those parties at one time. They, they, they go, nations believe this, nations believe, all these things shift and go, and they find, and here's this kingdom of God that's in power, and his banner over us is love. And he's not thinking of that. And let me show you something here. One thing God hates. What's the, six things the Lord hates. And the seventh is an abomination. He that sows discord. God has, has, has never liked any kind of schism or division from the very time in the Garden of Eden. The whole thing was oneness with God. And when man chose what he did, there was schism Partition, gap, division between God and man. And God hated that because it was when Jesus came and brought restoration. I and my father are one. And he says, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one. Yeah, but they're just what we find fault. Yeah, but I ain't, no, I ain't coming over and saying, shaking no hand over there. I ain't, I ain't even going to listen because, you know, they, they just want to do this and they want to do and. And he says, well, uh, who's your neighbor? And I, lib, not them liberals. And they say, well, not them right wingers. And, and not them, I mean, I like black people, but, you know, if they're going to do that, huh, uh, no. Well, I, I think cops are good cops. And others say, well, why are cops doing all, and all this? And it's just noise, noise, noise. And then here we are the church, and then we want to join in more noise when there's a kingdom who gives. And his banner over us is love. And our, maybe, maybe in, in, in our sense of justice, there is right and wrong and all this and that. But, but, and, 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 but there's something greater than all of that. Yes, that woman was a sinner, but there was something greater than that there, than whether she was a sinner or not. Yes, Zacchaeus was a thief. Yes, it was wrong. 
But Jesus brought something greater than whether he was right or wrong. Come on, let's be kingdom folks. Let's the kingdom of God is not what we is. It's righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. God did not give us a spirit of bondage again to fear. Uh, they're just going to take over the world. The world uh, you get into that, it's just like, oh, we got to fight because they're making the world horrible. They're destroying our country and all this. God did not give us that spirit of fear, bondage. He gave us a spirit of power, love, a sound mind. We march, we come marching in under a different banner rather than standing for what we think is human right. And we can do that. We're all going to have our opinions. We're all going to believe what we believe. And there's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. We have that. We'll vote for who we vote for. We'll, 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 we'll have our philosophy and how it should be. We're going to have that. We're going to have our opinions. But in all these things, while people are fighting over their bones, there's another people that come marching in and our banner is not this side or that side because in God there is no side. His banner over us is love. God does not, does not put a gap between God hates division. God hates the us and them. I'll tell you what's going on. My people are hurting. My cops that are, my cop friends that are being unjustly characterized. Huh? They're hurting. My people that are black are hurting. There's pain going on. They're all my people. I don't have a them. I don't have an us. Watch this. It goes on. We're almost done. Verse 24. But the presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that which is lacking it. Verse 25. Why? Why does God give this greater honor to those that are doing the less honorable thing? So that if we can honor those who are deserving of, not, of no honor in our judgment, it elevates and there's no difference then. Which is bad. Because God doesn't see it that way. This new covenant love, this whosoever will thing. This giving without the condition. Now there is the receiving of it. That's what we want to help people with. <laughs> There's a, he says, but he does this so that there would be no difference. As long as we're looking at things through carnal eyes, it's us and them. And that is not kingdom. That is not God. It's not the one spirit. It's not heaven. What I want us to see is we're bigger. We're not fighting for this side or that. We're bigger. We've got something better. Oh, come on. We've got something better. I hear the screams when I talk about this. I hear the brains going, but we're right. Right is right. Okay. Right is right. But there's still something bigger and better than that. Even in a marriage, try being right all the time. Is that going to help? <laughs> or does giving, humbling, Giving honor even when you know you're in the right. And of course I always am. We all are. We're all always right. <laughs> That's the problem. 
so that there'd be no schism, no gaps, no partitions. This us, them is invented by the world and the adversary. It did not come from the heart of him who called us. We, we beware, beware. God, God, Jesus said, he said, beware of three leavens. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is legalism. Beware of the leaven of the Sadducees, which is denying the power of the resurrection. And he said, number three, beware of the leaven of Herod, which is politics. Beware, because that little bit will get in and it'll modify your whole idea of Christianity and God. Not that we don't be political, we vote and we, we, we can stand for things that we believe in, but we don't let that dictate our Christianity, who we are, the kingdom. I shouldn't even say the Christian, the kingdom of God, that there should be no schism, that the members should have the same care one for another. And if one member suffers, we all suffer with it. And if one member is honored, we all rejoice with it. Uh, stand up there. I'm going I, I to take a second and tell you something. Something something is happening in me in, 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 in these 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 recent weeks. I'm it's I'm feeling it's, it's a bittersweet thing. I'm feeling the pain. I'm feeling the pain of people all over, and not just one side. I'm not just feeling the pain of black people that think they're oppressed. And I'm not just feeling the I'm feeling it all from everybody. I'm feeling it from the white, the black, the, 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 the law enforcement people, those who want no law. I'm feeling the pain. And there's too much pain. There's pain. There's pain. And there's a healer. And rather than us taking a stand for Jesus, he came to live in us so we can be Christ to a world. They always tried to get Jesus to stand on their side and he never did. He says, I have another side. My kingdom's not of this world. He says, people, I know you guys want to rule and reign here. James and John, you want to sit on my right hand and my left. He says, but listen, you're, you're, you've got the wrong idea because in this world, the rulers, the people in power, they exert dominion over you. But you will not be like that. In my kingdom, the greatness, the power that's exerted is when you serve them all, not just the right ones, not just the good ones. You serve, you give, you give your heart, you give your ear. You listen, you give, you be the one different thing, not more of the same. You be that one thing that has come. There is peace on earth and it's right here. But if we're against anybody, we've given up our power because we put on the uniform of a world. We've got our own flag flying over us. It's not any of the world's flags. There are six flags over Texas and we're proud of all of them, but there's the banner above all. <laughs> well, Father, thank you for your goodness to us. We love you simply because you loved us first. In that we rejoice. Thank you for your your goodness. We're the receivers of that. 
We behold your beauty. We behold your goodness. And all we can say is thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As we live out of that gratitude, we go forth knowing that you are with us. You are for us. And you have filled our heart with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And we thank you for these things in the beautiful saving name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. God bless you.